It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, there's a lot of stories grabbing all the attention, the the big headlines, and we're going to try to go behind the scenes of some of those headlines and just under the surface of some of those uh, big, bold things that are popping up in your uh, inbox or on your Twitter feed. But we also want to look at some of the stories that you may have been missing today or things that may have slipped by your attention that are also of note as we roll through our Friday afternoon here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Uh, and so I actually want to start, uh, this is one that wasn't even in our rundown, but I, it deserves a mention, and that is uh, former Michigan senator, longest-serving senator in the state of Michigan, uh, Carl Levin, passed away yesterday at the age of 87. And uh, I, I called that out, uh, Democratic senator from Michigan, and it's so interesting. We, we noted earlier in the week uh, the passing of Senator Enzi from Wyoming, uh, a Republican senator. Uh, who just resigned, uh, stepped down, did not run for re-election in 2020, and so just left office in January of 2021. And so these two uh, very different United States senators, one from Michigan, one from Wyoming, very different political views, and yet both of them were known by their colleagues for their kindness. They both had strong opinions about fiscal policy and how uh, we fund the military or social programs. And they differed on uh, a large number of things, to be sure. But they were both noted, both of these senators uh, who we lost this week were noted for their kindness, uh, for just being affable and being uh, not pretentious, being willing to listen, uh, that great lost art in the world that we talked about yesterday on the program, And uh, so we wanted to just note uh, the passing of Democratic Senator Carl Levin from Michigan. Again, he was 87 years of age. And again, I appreciated both of those senators uh, for that because they were just good, decent human beings. And for all the uh, challenges that we have in Washington, D.C., and all the contempt, uh, these are two senators who demonstrated through their actions that you can do it different if you want. I am very tired of politicians shrugging their shoulders and saying, it's just the way the game is played today. Well, it is as long as we allow it, as long as we permit it, as long as we endorse it, and as long as we repeat it. And so it's up to each member of Congress, every elected official at every level of government, and us as voters to say, nah, you can't shrug your shoulders and say, not my fault, not my job, it's just the way it is. It's just politics. Uh, It can be different, and it can be done better. Uh, We we can't settle anymore 
don't don't settle for the excuses of yes, I have to beat up my opponent because that's what you do to win a political campaign. Don't settle for just this idea that uh, you can rage and create fear and frustration uh, just so I can raise enough money so I can win my re-election campaign. It can be done different, but it starts with we the people. What will we choose to do? Will we choose to continue to accept business as usual and politics as usual so we can say, well, that's just usual. That's just the way it is. I don't think it was intended to be that way. Uh, George Washington warned against it in his farewell address. Uh, It was one of his big worries as to whether the nation would survive would be the fact that the politics, the angry, fear, frustration, fake fight, false choice of politics uh, would undermine the trust in the institutions of government necessary to unite the nation. And so I'm, I'm grateful for senators uh, like Senator Enzi and Senator Levin uh, from Michigan, both uh, who sadly passed away uh, during this past week. And that's a headline that uh, I haven't seen flash by once on the screen uh, from any of the national media, but it's one I think we should all take note of and maybe do a little reflecting on. Can we do better? I think we can. Uh, Also of note, uh, speaking of the uh, political heat, uh, we've got more committees in Washington, D.C., having more hearings uh, than I think at any point in our history. Uh, It's whenever in doubt, form a committee and then let the committee have hearings. Uh, As we talked about yesterday, most of them should not be called hearings because nobody is listening. Everybody's just talking and giving their space and giving their speech that they can use on their social media channels that they can use for their fundraising efforts. Part of that whole divide uh, and distract from the real issues. Both sides are guilty. So the uh, Department of Justice uh, on Friday released a memo finding that uh, President Trump's tax returns should be released to Congress amid a long running uh, fight for that information. And the thing that I think we have to be careful of is, yes, congressional committees do have subpoena power. The question is, have we so weaponized committees in Congress that they can go on any kind of fishing expedition they want, again, whether that's Republicans or Democrats, convening the committee? And we've had so many of these committees. we got blue-ribbon committees to decide blue-ribbon committees. We should give out... Blue ribbons for blue ribbons committees. I think we have that many in our nation's capital, and I think we should get rid of all of them or most of them. And we should make sure that if there is a committee that is going to hold a hearing, that there should be some very specific instructions, not fishing expeditions, not political poaching, uh, not the political cherry picking of things to make someone else look bad. Uh, they've got to have a purpose and they have to be disciplined. They need to be swift. They need to be transparent. Otherwise, we're going to continue to just have more and more and more of these committees. uh, And public confidence in them is going to continue to spiral down. Case in point, a recent survey showed uh, a little bit more bad news for Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who appointed all the members of a committee uh, to study what happened on January the 6th. Now, to be clear, uh, there are other investigations that have been done and are being done as it relates to January 6th. 
Is the House entitled to have their own committee that's separate from those that are going on with all the other different agencies? Fine. Uh, But let's make sure it's not a weaponized political committee. And really interesting, even after even after uh, what was chilling testimony, emotional testimony from many of those that uh, were part of Capitol Hill police on January the 6th, uh, the, the numbers continue to go down in terms of public support to have that committee continue on. Because people are tired of weaponized political committees, again, not having hearings to get to the truth with transparency, but to get to political purposes where you can attack and and undermine your opponents. Uh, as far as it relates to January the 6th, let me be very, very clear. We need to make sure we have transparency and that we are getting to the truth. Why? So we can make sure uh, those who need to be held accountable are uh, and that we don't have that scene again. Uh, just watching that footage is very hard for me uh, because that is the people's house. And uh, it needs to be treated with that kind of respect. And our processes, including the counting of ballots, uh, when it comes to the Electoral College, all of that needs to be done. And I still say the most inspiring thing that happened on January the 6th was within hours of that breach of the Capitol security, the gavels pounded in the House of Representatives and in the United States Senate, and the counting of the electoral votes continued democracy rolled on. It's a lot stronger than we often give it credit for. Uh, We're creating a a lot of snowflakes and a lot of pansies and a lot of wimps, uh, but our democracy is not. And I have great confidence and great trust in that. Why? Uh, Because of the American people. Uh, Finally, I want to do uh, just a a quick note, again, something that I don't think a lot of people have recognized. Uh, But today there was a, a group of uh, representatives, including Utah Representative Burgess Owen, Representative uh, Michelle Steele from California, uh, Maria Salazar from Florida, Carlos Jimenez from Florida as well. Uh, they introduced the Growth and Opportunity Act, legislation to extend the opportunity zones past their current expiration, uh, which is in 2026. And so these were uh, created by tax cut, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. But these opportunity zones are uh, an economic development tool that encourage, encourages something really critical, private investment in distressed areas of the United States that have previously struggled to attract investors. And this is a good bipartisan effort. Uh, again, Utah Representative Burgess Owens is involved uh, in this with many of his colleagues on both sides of the aisle. But these opportunity zones for economic development in really distressed areas of the country Uh, is one of those important things that is part of a proper role of government. And that's worth celebrating uh, on a Friday as well. All right, we're going to step aside for one last commercial break and talk about investing and risk-taking. I am going to share with you the ultimate risk-taking entrepreneurs. It's not who you think it is. Find out who it is coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. 
I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.